Dad's Net Original Podcast. I'm Al, that's JK, and this is JKNL. Coming up on today's show, we are talking to Iona Bain, who is the financial guru, the financial guru. <laughs> well, no, she, she's not the, but... She's the, A. There are a others, fun. she's A, but... She, <laughs> she's not but, the only one. But she's fantastic. She's, she's brilliant. She's fantastic. So we throw some questions from Dadsnet at her, um, and she comes up with some interesting insights into those, which is really helpful for me at the moment. Uh, anyway, uh, more on that maybe at some point in the future. Um, we have got another parenting story. We have got a, a corker from Rob. From Rob. And we are teeing up some exciting gear reviews. So all that and more coming up on JK Now. Should we crack on? Let's do it. Can I play you something? <laughs> I hate it when you do this. What have you What have you taken now? I, I just want you to listen to something and then I need you to explain what the hell it's all about. Is it me then? It might be. You always <laughs> do this! Right, go on then. It's because you're the, you're, you're the fountain of all content. <laughs> fine, if that's what you think, fine. So, j- d- just listen to it. Okay. And then can you just explain to me what the hell it's all about first time nervous <laughs> oh no well <laughs> best thing that's ever been in my mouth <laughs> yeah i'm all over that oh are you Best thing that's ever been in your mouth. You, you, Look. You, you're noshing down on something. <laughs> Look, when you play it, audio only. <laughs> that's all I've been sent. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Who sent that to you? Yeah, I know, you know I've got... You know what? I'm thinking, I didn't share that on Instagram. <laughs> and it was Jen. Is it Jen who sent that? No, it wasn't Jen. She must have sent it to Jack. <laughs> For God's sake, I'm being stitched. I'm not safe in my own house anymore. Oh, hang on. Jack has just sent something else. Wait there. Best thing that's ever been in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I could I could Photoshop that. Nervous. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. This is unacceptable. I've been violated here. <laughs> we got to keep that. <laughs> For anything. Yeah. I'm all over that. I bet you are, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Look right. at you. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Hang on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. For God's sake, stop. Listen to this. Let me give you... Right. You want an explanation? I'll give you an explanation. Oh, For yeah. those who are not watching video, I that was the first time I had ever tried a white cabbage cream egg. <laughs> right? Cream egg. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not uh, cream. A, a, a cream, cream egg. egg. Cream right. egg. Right? A white chocolate cream Was it egg. creamy? And and I sent that to what I thought through what I thought was a safe platform. Oh it is. To No, it clearly <laughs> yeah. it's not. Uh, it's Doesn't he mean? Was it safe? Hello! Um, <laughs> hello, I love the way you go. Hello! <laughs> it's everywhere! I'm in a group uh, with two of our best friends, lovely gay couple, um, and they tried a white cream egg and they sent a, a review of it. They yeah. said, I really enjoyed it. So mm. then I, when I first time I got to try one, I sent them that video. You sent them that? I sent them that video. Mm. But Jen clearly is also in the group. And has and has broken the the boundaries of what should be a safe WhatsApp group. 
it's a very safe safe place <laughs> just like your safe word <laughs> <laughs> it's oh your safe God. word cream egg <laughs> <laughs> it, right have you tried a white cream egg i don't like white chocolate no i no, i don't want one i don't like it no I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not eating that much chocolate at the minute either. She's getting it for me. <laughs> Just so you can go, mm. uh, Weirdly, Ooh. I have got one in my pocket. But I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't usually have one like ready to go. It's the best thing that's ever been in your mouth and you've readily got one in your pocket. They are really good. Okay. So that's what, that's what that was. I can't believe I, I, I'm not safe anymore. You're lucky actually because I, I had the choice of two things that I was going to play to you today. What was the other one? Well, the other one will wait till next week. What was it? I've actually got a load backing up now. What, what is it? I have a separate file. Can you on, just give me a clue? On this laptop. I'm going to stew on that all week now. Which is called Owl Videos. <laughs> Owl, great content. And there's just loads of them. They're just, I can't keep up with the amount of content that you're giving privately. Yeah, clearly, it wasn't even content. It was just to a mate. I've actually got Jen to set up cameras in your house now. You don't even know they're there. Unbelievable. Have you seen the film Enemy, Enemy of the State? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's your house. You don't realise it. I, I know that's not true because Jen wouldn't be able to set up the camera. <laughs> I do not know she, that she'd, she'd say, Ow, how do I connect this to the Wi-Fi? You know when, uh, when, when you and the kids went to Pizza Express that time? Yeah, yeah. I had keys to your house. <laughs> I'm only joking. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought you were serious because we did go Pizza Express recently. Well, actually, thanks to you, I now go to Pizza Express more often. Now I know what you can do with the Tesco Club card points. Yeah, and their own and their own app. Yeah, like the other day, four of us at sorry, three of us at three courses, and one of us had two courses. My pudding was a coffee, but still, I guess how much it was. Uh, did you use your club card? We didn't use club card. We used the app, their own app. Pizza Express app. Seventy. Mm-hmm. It was thirty-one pounds. That's amazing. Yeah, and there were. <laughs> How did you do that via the app then? So you get rewards, mm. okay, and you and you collect your little pizzas, and even even to start with, you get some good rewards. But when you get a certain level, yeah, you get really good rewards. So kids eat free. Right. Um, Monday to Friday or whatever, Sunday to Friday. It looks like you work at Pizza Express today as well. It does. <laughs> yeah, really on brand. It's a nice uh, stripy top you have on there. Yeah, I'm the chef. Are you just having a bit of a break? <laughs> I feel like I need it. Just having a quick fire, having a break. I'll be back on in a minute. Back down the road. <laughs> um, and, and you get free coffee, you get free dolcetta, you get free dobles, you can get a free upgrade to Romana. And all you have to do is, um, but the way we do it is that I log in. Jen logs into the app where you can check into the same table and yeah. now Louis can check into the same table as well. Right. So we can apply three lots of discounts to one bill. Amazing. It's really good. Wow. If you, if it's, it's, you've got to just kind of learn the system, but it's really good. Can I point out hashtag not ad this? No, 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 not, no. Not sponsored, not ad. No. However, this does lead us nicely on to our guest today who talks about financial things. Mm. Yes, it? it does. We didn't yes. even mean to do that. In fact, Iona Bain probably would uh, recommend using the Pizza Express loyalty app. I think she would give <laughs> us a good hearty pat on the back. <laughs> I don't think we've had an interview that's probably more relevant to the current social climate we're in uh we've got iona bain joining us who is a financial journalist and broadcaster and dare i say i think probably an expert certainly an expert compared to me so let's leave with that but welcome to uh to our podcast iona. Well, thank you very much for that very kind introduction i appreciate it 
it's a pleasure. You've got all of that to live up Indeed. to. Indeed. Um, I, let's, I mean, we're in a really bad place, aren't we, financially, as a country. Now, I, I'm not overly, you know, I, I'm not like an economic expert at all. So where are we as a country? Like, how, how bad is it? Well, I think it's safe to say that we are definitely experiencing um, one of the worst financial crises of modern times in this country. And it's very unfortunate because we've come out of this period of a pandemic that has disrupted the global economy in ways that are um, we're still working through. For instance, in China, we're still seeing an enormous amount of disruption to supply chains and it's often called the workshop of the world. So it's inevitable that that's going to feed through to our country and prices here. But obviously the invasion of Ukraine last year didn't help either and that had a very severe knock-on effect when it came to energy prices in Europe because whilst here in the UK we don't get our um, gas supply directly from Russia, our energy prices are nonetheless very heavily influenced by gas prices more widely in Europe and they've been very badly affected by that war. And also we are seeing inflation going up um, and that's not just because of energy bills, it's because of food costs as well. We are all seeing that in our weekly shop, we're all feeling the pain and unfortunately it's the basics that are really going up in terms of price at the moment, you know, bread, dairy, that sort of thing. And therefore, it's hard for people to cut back on these basics like food and energy. We all need those things in order to survive. So that's why this crisis feels um, particularly painful compared to, say, the uh, recession that we saw just after 2008. Um, And also, you know, whilst the job market is is very tight at the moment and people are um, not necessarily losing their jobs in the way that they were after the 2008 recession, we're not really seeing our wages going up to keep up with that price inflation at the moment so that's why we're all feeling the pinch at the moment yeah i don't know about you jk but i didn't think i would ever be in a position where i'm talking to my wife about the cost of milk Mm. yes like that's where we're at now isn't it and and it's there's always that there's that um massive stereotype isn't there about dads you know walking into the house after work and going what Bluminelle, what's that hallway light doing on it's like blackpool illuminations in here you know have you, what, what the heating's still on it, and i never thought that i would ever be that that stereotype i can remember my dad coming in from work you know he used to work on a farm and saying all this sort of stuff but genuinely now for a more serious you know approach that's exactly what i'm doing you know i'm looking at even to the point where we changed um, we changed our, our car because it wasn't ULES compliant and I live you know just in, in the London sort of circle mm. and we, we changed to a plug-in hybrid so not a full-on electric but then when you start seeing how much it's costing to charge your car you're kind of thinking to yourself well I'm better off probably just putting fuel in it because it seems cheaper at the moment you know what it, for struggling parents struggling dads Iona what what's what can we do? What are the basic things, the first things that come to your mind that we can do just to try and ease the, the stress of, of living in 2022, 2023? 
It's a very good question, JK. And I'm particularly mindful of the fact that as someone who isn't a parent myself and as somebody who um, writes about money and has that constant you know, interaction with the world of money, um, I'm in a maybe more fortunate position than others who have got mouths to feed, who have got people to be responsible for and who have got busy lives and jobs and also might have quite limited options in terms of changing their lifestyle. I think a really good example of this is food costs. You know, that's a very obvious place to start if you are um, worried about uh, inflation and if you're seeing the cost of your weekly shop going up. But of course, cooking your meals from home is good for your wallet. It's good for your health. But for lots of us, that can feel very time consuming. Um, you know, actually having the energy and time to go and seek out those those good yellow sticker deals at the supermarket, you know, cooking from scratch, maybe, you know, batch cooking as well and putting the leftovers in the freezer. It, that can all just feel like a massive hassle if you're a full time, you know, working dad or mum and, and you've got kids there and, and they need to be fed. So I'm, I'm always very careful about, you know, the advice that I give other people because I'm, I'm just aware that everybody has their own situation. And of course, right now as well, you've got to be very careful not to tell people to do things that they are already doing by necessity. People are already keeping a very close eye on how much energy they're using. As you say, you know, you're not going around the house leaving lights on for the sake of it. You're not going to be leaving the heating on when you go out. You know, most people that I speak to are already doing these basic sensible things. But I think the key thing is to just try and, and, and think of those little ways that you can just improve your energy efficiency around the house wherever possible. Things that you might not have thought of. So, for instance, I invested in a really good door curtain. Uh, last year uh, from for my front door um, internally and a draft excluder underneath it because I saw some really interesting um, heat maps um, of doors that weren't uh, that didn't have these door curtains and a door that did have a door curtain and the difference between the two in terms of how much heat they let out was quite amazing you could actually see it for yourself and after that I thought wow I need to get myself a door curtain um, so it's little things like that making sure that, that you have got all your um, insulation down pat if possible. And of course, a, a common complaint about that is, well, it costs money to invest in insulation, which is absolutely true. I think it's just about thinking about it as an investment, as something that will hopefully save you lots on your energy bills over the long run. It's weird because when when we bought when we when we moved into the house that that we're in now, it's it's a, an old Victorian house, and it had a fireplace. And mm. I was like, oh, this is amazing! I can you know I can put logs in, I can do all that. The price of logs don't even get me started on that. But I thought, oh, that would be great. But I was realizing the very first winter that we stayed there, it was freezing in the living room. The other parts of the house seemed to be not so bad. Then I thought, of course, I've got I've got a fire. Yeah, I've got a chimney. I've got wind that's coming down. So one thing straight away that we invested in, I think it's called like, um, is it like a, a it's, it's called a black sheep or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. Right. And it's, it's, it's an excluder that you put up the fire mm. and it stops the draft from coming down. So something as simple as that made that room like twice as it, it was properly effective. You know what I mean? It works yeah. so, so well. Yeah. And little things that you don't think about, like you said, with the draft excluder or the, the curtain across the, you know, the front door, the back door, whatever it is, that just makes 
total sense. Completely. And if you do have a fireplace in the chimney, you know, get that chimney cleared out and get using that fireplace and get that natural warmth going in your home because that's going to save you money. Um, there's been a lot of um, interest in wood burning stoves of late and because they can save you money compared to, you know, having the central heating on. And of course, you know, I think 2022 is the year of the air fryer. Everyone was talking about how amazing yes. air fryers were. Um, I, for my sins, don't have one yet. And that's partly because I'm actually just in love with my slow cooker. That's my really useful kitchen gadget that I lean on at the moment. I might splash out this year and go for an air fryer simply because I can't get away from how much it can save compared to having an oven. But I think, um, you know, th this is a bit of a council of perfection. I, I think that whilst, yes, you know, having these little kind of tweaks to your insulation around the house, to your, you know, food shopping, doing these little things that can save you money along the way. They can all help. But alongside that as well, it's also thinking about the bigger picture and and whether you are saving money on the big things too. So if you've got your mortgage coming up for renewal this year, and this is a situation that lots and lots of people are in, then actually speaking to a mortgage broker, figuring out what your options are, maybe moving on to a tracker if, if that's better. Although for some people that might result in some sleep nights because they'll be thinking about whether the interest rate on that will go up or not. But, you know, it's those kind of decisions that will really make a huge difference over the long term because we're talking about thousands of pounds here. I know people who have managed to lock onto good mortgage deals and have saved themselves thousands of pounds and people who just got their timings wrong. They were a bit distracted. They took their eye off the ball. They maybe, um, you know, took out a mortgage deal that actually turned out to be quite um, overpriced. And it turns out they've been paying, you know, thousands of the odds ever since. So getting the big decisions right is also important alongside, you know, those little things that we can do every day to improve our energy efficiency and so on. And, the, and those big decisions where <clears throat> I think like across dads now, we've got like the whole spectrum, you know, you've got dads who are heating a seven, eight bedroom house, yeah. like detached three cars, one's electric and the others are diesel, whatever it mm. is. And then you've got other dads who are quite literally in like, you know, they, they can't put the lights on after 6 p.m. because they haven't got the, the, the money to do that. So when it comes to these big decisions where I think it can be really daunting when you're in a situation where you're like, I've got to get this right, when it's mortgage or insurance related or car related, it's massive. And I think it can be really scary. So where can dads like find a, a sound advice without like, without it being too intimidating? Yes, it's an excellent question. And I think that money is a really scary subject for most people. I think mm. it's a combination of money not necessarily being a very, um, it, it, it's a taboo subject. It's not something that we talk about in the home when we're growing up necessarily. I, you know, I think the people who I meet who are comfortable talking about money and have been doing that with their family from a young age, they're in the minority. Most people do not grow up with that kind of culture within their family. And so they get mm. into adulthood and because they haven't also learned about this stuff at school, that's changing, but you know, it's still very patchy in terms of the financial education that kids receive now. Some definitely get more robust lessons than others, shall we say. Um, most people get to adulthood and, and frankly, they don't have a clue. And I was in that situation as well, actually, which is one reason why I started my blog, Young Money Blog, and why I started becoming a, a financial journalist, just so that I could teach myself and become uh, more empowered. So you're absolutely right to, to identify knowledge as, as being 
the, the key thing here. You know, knowledge really is power when it comes to money. You can't necessarily magic up more money from nowhere. You can't necessarily, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and it will give you, you know, a thousand pounds within a week. But what you can do is get to know what's happening with your finances, um, take some of that scariness out of it. Um, and, and the first thing that achieves is, well, you realize maybe that things aren't quite as bad as they seem to you in the middle of the night when you woke up in a cold sweat. Actually, maybe there are things that you can change and do to improve your situation. And even if things are pretty bad, um, you're not alone. So depending on what your problem is, there is help out there. If you have problem debt, I would say speak to a debt charity as soon as possible because they can really help you renegotiate with your lenders. They can help mm. you come up with an affordable payment plan. Um, if, if you have, for instance, um, if you've had mental health issues, you could get three month breathing space, which will just give you that little bit of time to, to figure out repayments that will actually be affordable. So it's little mm. things like that that could make a difference and get you back on the path towards financial security again. And then if you're looking for more general advice, um, obviously money saving experts been a, a, a great lifeline for people, but you've also got um, the money advice uh, service um, with lots of questions now. You can type them into your search engine and you can get that impartial advice from a service like that on what you should do. Um, now, technically, you know, I say advice, it's not necessarily telling you what you should do. Um, you know, it's saying here are the pros and cons. Here's how this product yeah. works. Here's, here's the, here are the things that you need to think about. And I guess becoming more financially confident is about you being able to take that information and apply it to your situation. And, and ultimately, you know, I think people can get you know, very paralyzed with fear. What if I make the wrong decision? Like you said before about your mortgage, for instance, what if I make that wrong decision? Well, if in doubt, speak to a mortgage broker, but also, you know, if you set aside some time to do some homework, the internet is the most incredible resource now. Um, and yes, there's some dodgy info that you can't rely on. And yes, there are people maybe who are trying to scam you or who are not acting in good faith. But for the most part, actually, there's a African lot of princes. Yeah, there's a lot of really useful info out there <laughs> that you can take advantage of and you can use, you know, to, to, to really empower yourself. So it's just about finding that time to research something. And then once you've got all that information there, make a decision and then make that decision good. Make that decision work for you um, and, and get on with your life, because I'm definitely not one for, for sitting around obsessing about my finances and wondering, you know, if I've spent every single penny in the right way. You know, money is just a means to an end. It's just there for us to enjoy life, to get more out of life, to look after the people that we love um, and so on. So, yeah, I have a lovely phrase that I always keep in, in mind when it comes to money, which comes from the author of uh, Gulliver's Travels, um, Jonathan Swift. He said, keep money in your head and not your heart. I love that because for me, it's about being money smart, but not letting it rule your life. Mm. Let's yeah, try like and talk about, let, let's try and talk about the future. So j just to give you a quick ex example of, of where I'm leading with this question is I, w I work in central London and I have, um, we have quite a lot of young producers and, you know, employees in the building. So I'm, I'm now 48. They're probably mm. what mid twenties, late twenties. And I know, honestly, I'm, I technically could be their dad. <laughs> Some of them, I could probably be their granddad. You technically be my dad. 
<laughs> I actually could be your Deborah, but yeah. And they, they sort of, they come to me and I ask questions like, you know, you're an old man now. You've lived, you've done this, you've done that. But this, this sort of, oh, this sort of white, white is wisdom kind of, as you stroked a long white beard. It's kind of true. It's kind of <laughs> true. But then I kind of look at them and I, I actually feel for them because right now, this is one of the most difficult times that I can ever think of. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to try and get on the property market. They're trying to do it in London or in, or in and around London. And I know that prices yeah. everywhere have gone crazy anyway so they've they've saved up you know their their deposit for their their first flat or whatever it is and they're looking at what the mortgage rates are now which are ridiculous Mm -hmm. but equally property is is it's a good time to buy because people are struggling you know i suppose my question is is there hope for the future do we are we going to see you know rates come down are we going to see a better 2023 are we going to have to wait to 2024 what what advice can you give to all these you know these these young people that are just starting out their their journey and trying to get on the property market and mm-hmm. finding it really really hard well there's a lot to unpack there so firstly we need serial structural change within the housing market we're not building enough houses our planning system is completely broken and whilst that's the case we're always going to see um supply Uh, falling behind demand. And it's a basic rule of economics. If that happens, it pushes the price of that product or asset up. Um, And in this case, you know, housing has become one of the most valuable assets that you can own. Um, And we've lost sight of it being um, a roof over your head over something that that we need in order to survive. People now are treating it as if it is primarily an investment as opposed to somewhere where you'll live and and make a home um, and make a life. And that's wrong. We we need to get back to to having house prices in some kind of perspective. We need them to to feel much more sane, (laughs) to put it frankly. Um, And unfortunately, you know, I think that there are lots of vested interests that are you know, conspiring against that. So I, I frankly don't ha- hold out much hope of that changing anytime soon. And therefore, um, you you have to be extremely uh, determined. You have to be very single-minded in order to get on the property ladder now. And you will um, either need help from your family, or if you don't have that help, you may well have to make quite a lot of trade-offs. Um, and those trade-offs are not the same trade-offs that your parents um, and older people will have had to have made at one time. And that is going to be deeply frustrating and that's not progress. But we just have to accept that that's the way things are at the moment. And we have to set aside how we feel about that politically from how we're going to approach that in a practical way in our own lives. So I guess a, a, an example of this might be that when I bought my flat last year, I went for an ex-local authority flat and it was in an absolute state. The doors were hung upside down. The windows hadn't been opened. I mean, there was a window in the bathroom that just had not been opened for what seemed like a decade. Um, and therefore, the bathroom was not in a good state as a result of it. So I was, was lucky. Was Al's be- old house, by the way? Yeah, I was going to say, maybe <laughs> Al, you sold it to me. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, as a result, I had to spend, along with my parents, God bless them, and I was very fortunate that, that they were retired and they were motivated and they, and they love renovating 
um, houses. It's it's one of their hobbies that they do. Um, not that they do it all the time, but it's just something that they were very happy to help me with. So I was lucky, but that's the only way that I could have bought my own flat um, and, and, and made it work for me. And I've also had to give up other things in order to make that that dream work for me because I'd, I'd taken a step back within my own life and assessed that actually having my own office because I work from home would be really valuable. Having my own space to really think about my work would help me. Um, and that that might be better than me going on, you know, quite a few nice holidays last year or the year before, you know, that, that was the calculation I made in my mind. However, yeah, you know, when I speak to other people, I'm, I'm very keen not to say to them, this is what you must do. You must get your own place. And if you don't, you're a failure in life because the housing situation does not allow for everyone who entertains that goal to achieve it easily. And they will have to be absolutely determined and give up lots of other things that they may not be prepared to give up. And that's okay. I guess it's about what choices matter to you. My wife and I, we're buying it. We're, we're hoping to buy a house at the moment. And that's exactly it. We're in a, in a town, in an area that's really expensive. Mm. Like it's ludicrous, like, like London, more than mm. London. It's just outrageous. Mm. And the, the kind of compromise is that we're going to have to move out of area. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and other compromises as well, but that's the point, isn't it? You have, and I think that obviously is relevant for buying a house, but actually in this, this climate, that's, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to choose. Do I want to go for a meal with the kids or do I want to make sure they've got school uniform? Mm. Like you have to, you have to make the trade-offs and that's obviously a bit extreme, but I think like that's where we've come from. And my mum and dad, who grew up 50, 60 years ago, they seemed to have a much better capacity to be able to make those compromises. Mm. Whereas as now I feel like we're just more entitled and we're like, oh, life should be really easy and I'm entitled to have more money and everything should be easy. I mean, to be fair as well, over the past 10 years, we've had this remarkable economic environment in which consumer goods have been relatively cheap. So for our parents' generation, some of the things that, that we maybe take for granted were seen as genuine luxuries. The cost of them was proportionally much higher compared to, to their income than, than, than they have been over the past 10 years. Consumer goods became incredibly cheap, um, especially, you know, those services offered through apps like like Deliveroo and Uber, those companies were deliberately keeping the cost of those services low to try to capture the market, maybe because at some point then they would raise the price once they had a monopoly. But they could do that because they had this massive investment um, injection of, of investment come in from, from, from you know, um, the, the world of money. And, and therefore, those companies could grow very large. They could capture lots of, of customers. Um, and, and it's been called the convenience premium. And in a way now that we have inflation now that we have the end of this this environment of cheap money um, that was fueled by low interest rates we could start to see the cost of those things going back up again and we're already seeing it now in fact with with the likes of netflix raising their prices over the past yeah. year or so mm. um so these um types of goods now are, are suddenly becoming more expensive and they're forcing people to really ask whether they want and need these things in their lives. And I think that, you know, if we want to cast our minds back to lockdown, most of us don't. But one of the few advantages of lockdown was that it helped us to kind of strip our lives back to its bare bones and help us understand the things that really do matter to us, the things that we are prepared to spend our money on and the things that actually we realized were, were 
a waste of money all along. For me, one of those areas was kind of um, beauty. So as, as a woman, I think that women can be very susceptible to the marketing machine of the beauty industry. And we can get it into our heads that we need to spend a lot of money to look great. And during lockdown, um, it really broke that, um, that pattern for me. And I realized I really didn't need to spend as much as I was on uh, beauty products. And I have actually kept that habit post lockdown. And, and if we can try to think back to that time, what were the things that we, we, we didn't particularly miss that maybe have crept back in since we came out of lockdown? Yeah. But, Perhaps we can start yeah. to strip those things back out again. And, and it might feel a bit painful at first, but we will adjust. Um, human beings are so yeah. amazing at adjusting when they have to. We, we were all coming out of lockdown, weren't we, saying, oh, you love these habits. We're going to carry on walking yeah. and all this. Yeah. And then ten, I know, ten, five days later, it's like, nah, yeah. <laughs> back to our old habits. But yes, you're absolutely right. Do you know what? Do you know one thing though? You've you've just said there, Iona, which I totally agree. I I think now I try not to spend, believe it or not, an hour will know this. I'm I'm an absolute tech buff. I love tech. I love everything about it. I love learning about it and passing that information on to friends who ask me advice. You know that sort of stuff. That was one of my passions. But that I like. I've hardly bought anything like that now. And what I do find myself saying to to my wife and thinking about our family as a unit, as a household is now I am totally willing to spend whatever we need to spend when it comes to food. Like the, for me, mm. the basics, the food, you yeah. know, I know that that's a, a fortunate thing to be able to say. And that's pretty Kobe much now. Steaks. <laughs> well, no, well, no, no. I mean, as in like when you go to the sea, you know, when you go to the supermarket though, and there's never a time that's gone by. And I think my parents, so I, I was, I, I came from a very, very poor background. And I remember yeah. that my, my dad would come home and he would sort of look at my mum and say, you know, we've, we've actually got some nice food here. Aren't we lucky? Would say something yeah. like that. And I've gone back, <clears throat> back to that old school of thought of coming. It's a bit like hunter gatherer coming home yeah. with some food. You've got the best deals. You've used your Tesco club card, your points or whatever it is and gone, do you know what? For the next three or four days, we've got food in the fridge. You know, we've got drinks in there. Aren't we lucky? And I think now more than ever, I'm thinking, do you know what? If I can feed, you know, if we can feed the family and we can, we've got, we've got a home that that's kind of, I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm really fortunate. Yeah. I'm really thankful. That's a fantastic mindset yeah. to have. I think one of the best things that you can do for yourself um, financially and, and, and in every other respect is to take absolute control of your food. And we think that we're in control of our food, but we're not. And I think many of us will, will, will go through a phase in, in our adult life, which could last quite a long time of outsourcing all our food decisions to others and being in a very reactive mode when it comes to food. And there comes a point, I think, when most of us realize that's not good for our health and it's also not good for our finances. And, and one of the, the fantastic things about my job is that very often when I'm talking about how you can save money and be more um, mindful when it comes to your finances is that it has lots of positive knock-on effects for other areas of your life. And I'm a big um, advocate of holistic goals, i.e. goals that aren't just achieving one outcome, but achieving multiple outcomes that you know are good for you, because that really supercharges your motivation. So absolutely, this year, um, I'm continuing a lot of the, the really good work that I only started in the last couple of years, to be totally honest, in being totally in control of, of my food. And 
and thinking about ways that I can, you know, have more frozen food. Getting over freezer phobia was a big one for me. For years, I thought that frozen fruit and veggies were inferior to fresh fruit and veg. Nothing could be further from the truth. Actually, frozen fruit and veg is really good for you. They lock in all the nutrients yeah. straight away. Um, same for fish. And convenient. And they're so convenient. They're so fantastic for time press families. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it's, sometimes it's just about getting over that, that little misconception that you've had and just trying something new for a week and seeing how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, you can go back to the way you did things before, but just getting out of that rut that you've been in. And the same goes for yeah. tinned food and tinned, um, fish and things like that beans, etc. These are these are things that are really good for us and they are also really, really cheap. But it's just about yeah. having the confidence to say, this is how I'm going to cook for myself and my family. This is something I'm going to make a priority. We're all going to sit down if we can together and eat. And going back to basics in that way, it can be so rewarding. And actually I'm finding cooking is also proving to be a really therapeutic thing for me that helps me switch off after a day where mm. all this stuff's going around in my head about the world of money. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan yeah. of holistic goals. Al, I know you've got two more questions, but I'm going to give you my very quick tip now for trying to help the immune system. Okay. And I know oh, I, I'm this kind of, <laughs> no, but this is good. This is good. Cause I'm the kind of person that really sort of like, you know, vitamins, making sure you've got your vitamin D at this time of yeah. year, making yeah. sure you've got your vitamin B12 and things like that. What I've been doing lately is I've been buying like four lemons, buying like a thumb of ginger, some dried turmeric from the spices aisle, some cayenne pepper. When you put this together, it's not much. Trust me, it doesn't, it doesn't cost much. It's less than, you know, a big multivitamin. I've been mixing that in the blender. Then I've been putting that in ice cubes in, in the tray. And then every morning, oh, wow. just t take one out, put some hot water in, and there's your, your immune boosting vitamins for the day. That there is you fantastic. Go. You could make a lot of money off that idea. Although, actually, you've just given it all away, so maybe not. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Iona, I do, I do have two last questions. Yeah. One is, uh, one's quick and easy, I think. Well, one's quick, uh, quicker. Um, well, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the first one is you mentioned earlier about um, how, like, there are invested interests and there are kind of people conspiring to make things, not, not necessarily deliberately, to make things difficult for everyone, but it does make things difficult mm -hmm. for everyone. Mm -hmm. What are those? Because sometimes I think we watch the media mm -hmm. and everyone's like, oh, the oil barons are controlling everything and all of this kind of stuff. And there's these people. What is it? Like, are we up against it? Because there are these multi-billionaires who are basically just controlling everything and the kind of general man, general dad, general family are kind of just, we just have to suck it up. Like what are those things? Is that actually happening is I guess the question. I think when we're talking about those vested interests, we have to get specific because otherwise it can sound quite conspiratorial and paranoid. And I think that when it comes to- That's what I feel like, I feel like it is. <laughs> yeah, but I think that when it comes to the housing market, we can absolutely identify house builders as as being you know against any kind of significant reform to the planning system because it is just not in their interest it obviously is good for them to have a fairly limited supply of houses and for the value of those houses to go up over time and for people to mm. be wanting more of those homes and not getting them um and we see that behavior um you know happening you know within within politics it's it's it that's not you know a a that's not a conspiracy that that is happening and that a slightly you know um less 
obvious level. We we also, you know, see a, an understandable backlash among people who live in certain areas against new developments. You know, it's been identified as the not in my backyard or NIMBY tendency. Um, and that's a, that's a more complex um, situation because with, with house builders, it's about their bottom line. There's nothing complicated about that. But with someone who is living in an area where they are genuinely worried about having lots of new homes built, but not enough infrastructure to serve those homes, for instance, a local GP surgery that can withstand the, the higher numbers of people coming to see them, uh, you know, have the schools got enough places for children who might come to the area and so on. Those are legitimate concerns. The problem is those legitimate concerns can be used as a barrier to all house building in areas where it is painfully needed, particularly in the south and the southeast, where there are still mm. lots of opportunities. The flip side of this, I think, something that we we ought to mention as a as a ray of light, maybe, is that again, one of the few positives to come out of lockdown is that we are far more open to remote working now. It's not possible for everyone. That's a very important caveat to put out there, but it is possible for many more people, and it opens up many more options in terms of housing as well. We no longer need to be right bang smack in the middle of a city, even if we work there in, in, in order to, to make that work. Um, and I, yeah. I personally, as someone who's worked from home for, for a long time, and I'm fortunate in that I've been able to, to negotiate that within my career, I, I'm a big fan of, of, of making remote working work for you if possible. Yeah, no, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, so my final question is, um, again, earlier you mentioned that basically the education for our kids around finances and money is way below par. Mm. So as parents, what would you say is the one thing that if we, if someone's listening to this, what's the one thing we should go and start trying to teach our kids about money as they grow older? <laughs> There are lots of things, so it's going to be really hard for me to boil it down to one thing. But, um, I'll, I'll boil it down to two, if that's okay. Okay. All right. I'll get oh, to thank that's you. Fine. Well, the first one is try to be a good role model in this area. So um, if you're um, on top of your budget, if you know what's coming in and going out, and if you are, um, you know, cooking your meals at home, and showing your kids that actually you don't need to get takeaways, you don't need to get ready meals. It is possible to have a cheap and healthy diet. If you're doing all those things, those messages will go in. It's incredible the the research which shows just how early we pick up these messages as kids. Um, I think that the, the consensus now is that we form our attitudes to money by the age of eight. So really, when our kids are very wee, they are watching us and they are picking up their, cue, uh, their cues from us. So that's why we need to try to be good role models. And taking them with you to the supermarket when you're shopping and explaining to them, I'm getting this because that's a better deal than that. And you see that little, uh, that little price at the bottom there that's below the big price, that's the unit price. Well, yeah. that's what I'm looking at to suss out that actually this is a better deal than that because whilst that's two for one, actually those things are more expensive than that. So just showing your kids that you are aware of all these little tips and tricks around the supermarket that are trying to get you to spend more money but that you have got your shopping list and you're sticking to it and you're coming away having got a good deal again that's giving your kids a great message around being savvy when you're out shopping and also getting them more involved with the budget and just explaining to them this is what i do for a living this is how much i earn um, and this is either below average the average above average um and that 
you know, I work X number of hours. Um, I have to pay tax. And this is how tax works. Just having those conversations with your kid as early as possible. Uh, you know, you can use your judgment as to whether they will understand certain concepts or not. But I think sure. you know your yeah. kids better than anyone, right? So if you feel like your kids can kind of, you know, withstand that conversation, then have it with them because honestly, it will stand them in such good stead. And I feel so fortunate that my parents you know, weren't that shy about talking about money that they were happy to kind of say to to my brother and I, you know, this is it. This is how much money we have to work with. We can't spend any more than this. And it might be frustrating yeah. sometimes, but that has just been such a valuable lesson for me. There is that taboo, isn't there? Like, oh, you don't talk about money. Mm. Like, like as, as a family as well, like my mum and dad, they never really, like my mum taught me about, that was a good role model and taught me about the deals at the supermarkets and those yeah. kinds of things. But she wouldn't, she wouldn't talk about like taxes or bills or, you know, mortgages or mm. her salaries and all those kinds of things. Whereas as I think like, yeah, it's the more exposure they have, if it's in a positive constructive yeah. way, I agree. I think that's a really nice. It's good to be have that transparency. Yeah, yeah. Kids. You want to you want to strike a balance. Obviously, you don't want to you know put all your money worries onto your kids. Actually, that's that's the last thing that you want to do. But mm. if you can show them that you are tackling you know any money issues that you have head on, then 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 that's going to communicate a really great message to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. It's been amazing talking to you, Ina. I've, I've actually genuinely, I've, I've learned so much. It's given me brilliant ideas. I hope you all do your ginger shots as well. Remember, four mm. lemons, thumb of ginger, yep. turmeric. JK, can pepper. I just say, of everything that we've talked about for the last half hour, whatever it is, right? I think that your ginger tip has to be like at the bottom of what people remember. I love <laughs> it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna What's use that for sure. I'm looking, I'm looking for health, ways to supercharge health my health and happiness. Yeah. Completely. It's that time of year. Lots of super bugs. Kids at school. Mm. You know this. How oh, you've got a bug at the moment. You, have you been taking your your lemon and ginger and turmeric and cayenne pepper? You haven't, have you? Clearly not. Clearly. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I mean. Um, uh, Iona, where where can we find out more about you? I'm on Twitter at Iona Young Money. Um, I'm on Instagram Iona J Bain, and I run a site as well that I am revamping for the new year. Um, it was called Young Money Blog. It's now called Youngish Money because I'm in my thirties. You're not allowed to ask me exactly how old I am, <laughs> but I thought it would be good to kind of just refresh the blog and talk more about you know the issues that are affecting uh, people of all ages, um, what they're worried about, but also try to give them some constructive advice and um, hope as well which is what we all need right now are you and are you still doing morning live because we've, we've seen you on, on yes that as well i completely forgot to mention that <laughs> i'm on bbc morning live every week usually monday at 9 15 in the morning giving advice uh, to people about their finances so yeah tune in at that time to watch me She's fantastic. You've probably seen her, like we mentioned on um, on Morning Live on on the BBC. Al's a big fan. <laughs> big. She, she's great. I actually like as I was talking, I was finding benefit in what she was saying. Yeah. So you know, if you haven't listened, if you've listened to that and you haven't got any tips, even just a small little changes and tweaks you can make then go and listen to it again because you missed something because there's loads in there. And make sure you follow her on, on socials because she does do some fantastic stuff. And and like we said, we are going to try and get her on every now and again yeah. just to give her, you know, tips for... Because let's let's be honest, money is bloody tight at the minute. Yeah. And what, what I really like about her, and I think this is what everyone likes about Martin Lewis, is that he's he, he and her are for the people. 
And I really like that position. You're, you're, it's almost like that's not fair on everyone, mm. most people, 90% of the population. So here's some tips that's going to help 90% of the population. Not the, not the higher 10, uh, you know, 10% of earners, whatever. It's, this, is the, this is for the masses. Yeah. And I like that approach and, and I thought she was great. So yeah, we're going to try and get her on again. Um, so stay tuned for that. You've got Prime Minister and Deputy Prime Minister there, if you ask me. They can fight between them which one is which. There was a, I saw a recent poll. The, Martin Lewis, they want. I genuinely, yeah. right now, if there was, if, if he was an option, I would vote for him. Yes, like domestically. No, full stop. Well, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's very good. Full like, stop on like foreign policy and whatever. But domestically, yes, he'd sort everything out. Martin but Lewis. I'm not sure Minister. he'd be overly qualified to. No, no. Talk Martin about Lewis sending tanks to Ukraine. Prime Minister and Russell Brand. No, thanks. As deputy. No. But guess who else was on the list? <laughs> who? Alison Hammond. No. <laughs> she was on the list of I love Alison Hammond, it. but no, I'm not. No. <laughs> no. She genuinely was on the list of who people thought could be prime minister or better prime minister. She is loved. You know, everyone She's loves. becoming a national treasure. Yeah, she is. And deservedly so. She, do you know what? I, you look at Alison Hammond mm. and you, like, you, see, you watch her on This Morning with Dermot. What a great partnership. Mm. And she just brings me joy. Yes. That laugh is, is contagious. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's probably what, like, uh, like, at the moment, everything's turning to shit. Yeah. And everyone's really gloomy and dull and, like, run down. Yeah. At least if everything was going to shit, but Alison Hammond was at the forefront, at least we'd enjoy it. Just, just <laughs> we'd enjoy a, going down. Stick her on the podium <laughs> and just make a laugh. Yeah. She didn't need to do a speech. Exactly. I'm exactly. all right with that. We'd all have a great time. You know, she could tell us all the fateful errors that are happening and we'd all find it hilarious, at the very least. Should we do a parenting story? Let's do it, because these are good. I'm really enjoying these with this new series. These are good. <laughs> So this is uh, Rob. He sent us a video. Uh, and let's just get straight into it. This is Rob's parenting story. So probably the funniest parenting moment um, I've had was at the tender age of three, my three-year-old daughter, um, asking my mother-in-law why mummy had a moustache on her Nuno and she didn't. Um, hmm. Not entirely sure how my mother-in-law explained it, but there you go. <laughs> A moustache on her nunu. <laughs> Imagine what? Ah, uh, oh, I mean, I'm a bit speechless on that. Why moustache? I would have gone beard. But no, it depends. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> True. I mean, it's not 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 all have got beards. No, I know, but mother-in-law. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm just, I mean, you, like, I'm just, like Carol Vorderman could be a mother-in-law. Do you think? No, 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 no. I don't even know. I was sorry. Hang on a minute. Let me just enjoy that one for a minute. No, no, no. Bring back the cream egg. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, I yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because the inner, it's just the innocence of kids again. Yeah, just saying the most. What for an adult is outrageous, but to a child is like perfectly legitimate. Yeah. So we were in Legoland, okay. right? which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but in Legoland, they've got obviously models, like life-size models, Lego models, obviously, um, of um, characters, including like the best friends from uh, the one of the friends, my friends, whatever the, that creator yeah. is called. 
and obviously a couple of them are girls. So I've got a photo of Ted when he was about two and a half or three looking up the girl's skirt, <laughs> which is like, you know, one of those really innocent moments as an adult. Uh, very no. serious. <laughs> It's a very no. serious. Uh, but it's just that innocence of children, isn't it? And you yeah. just think, you know, that those moments where they ask those questions or they do these things and you just think, oh God, I wish you could just hold on to that for as long as possible. We went for a, a, a lad's curry over the weekend, me and Noah, and talking about innocence. So Was we it just the two of you? Just the two of us, yeah. Yeah, Get we out. we yeah, we went for a curry. We had the best like mm. time ever. We went for a curry, he farted at the table. Uh, Brilliant. And there's a family next to us. I'm pretty certain they were, it was like a birthday party, like quite, a, you know, like a grandparents, parents, oh, yeah. kids. And you could hear Noah, he, you could hear it. And I went, dude, you can't do that in a restaurant. He said, dad, it's a curry. I can't help it. That's what happens. <laughs> and he's not wrong. So he's associated yeah. that with that. Although but usually it takes 12 hours. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a little longer than that. Yeah. It's not instant. No. <laughs> But then after that, so we came out, like, you know, as you come out of a curry house and you're all full, you're yeah. like, oh, I'm bloated. He, he turned to me and went, he went, he went, oh, dad, that was the best, best curry ever. Should we go for a drink somewhere? Did he actually? <laughs> he actually said, oh yeah. my God, amazing. And this would have been about like half six in the evening. But well, I said, no, no, we're too, we're too full. Imagine and then, going home and Charlie said, where are, where have you guys been? Like, in the pub? Yeah, we're in the red line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he, what, what, what? Yeah, I've had a, we had a curry and went, went for a brew. We're just on flaming Sambucas. <laughs> <laughs> don't it, don't it. Um, and then we went back, we went back and we, we played Sega for a couple of hours he's really good mm. and then um he like because obviously it was just me and him he said oh daddy can i sleep with you like, absolutely come on in said, should we watch a film I'm like what do you want to watch he, and he went should we watch the karate kid <laughs> i was like oh my. yeah isn't it's the dream isn't it when your kids are, are that it's, cool yeah <laughs> we watched the karate kid didn't get all the way through fell asleep and as he fell asleep Who, he was you like, or him well both you <laughs> he was like can we can we watch it when we wake up in the morning woke up in the morning first thing he said daddy should we finish off watching karate kid i'm like dude you are yeah. like the greatest parenting goals that and that you've, was it you've done it what a weekend you've cracked it cracked it that's 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 it now i get it when you say about ted and, and arsenal and watching football yeah. and all that sort of stuff and he's like yeah. you know let's build a den he's like yeah yeah. Nailed it. It, it is. It is those moments, and and that's that's again the thing where they come out with quite adult phrases. Like, yeah. Should we go for a drink? Should we go for a drink? I mean, I have to curb some of the adult phrases that Ted wants to say at the football, especially the football. Yeah. <laughs> but, especially when he says, "But I heard that bloke say it." Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> the but, referee's a banker. Wow. <laughs> I did that. I said. I don't um, remember. Uh, gear review. So nothing this week, and there's a reason for that. Mm. We are waiting for. I have actually no idea what's coming. Yeah. Uh, Producer Jack. And editor Marcus. <laughs> Can we call them that? Yeah, well. Yeah. They have uh, collaborated and and purchased some interesting, useful gadgetry from Wish.com. Again, not sponsored, just because that's where you can get some quite cool stuff. Right. Uh, and it's a mystery. So uh, we're reviewing stuff when people send it in. When they're not sending it in, we're pulling mystery items out of the box. I like this. Mm. Yeah. So, and, and and we were hoping the delivery would be here, but it's not. <laughs> so, it, I suppose it could be anything then. It could be yeah, yeah, gadgets, yeah. it could be clothes, it could be food. Mm. <laughs> it's all relevant. So, it's all like, it's it's all like worthwhile stuff, useful stuff or like fun stuff. 
you, you, you don't know we, no, we have no idea so we'll find out what that all is next week I think we're done we are done we are done but we've got um, more coming from Iona Bain um, in the future so um, go back and listen to it as well because you will have missed something and there's loads there please don't forget to rate and subscribe and follow and, and, and do all of that jazz join JK now on Facebook where yep. you can have your say you can submit your story you can get involved um, there's loads on socials there's so much on socials I can't keep up at the moment I know you're probably having a bit of a like a honestly my feed is just it's either me on the heart radio show or me on this podcast yeah. that's what my feed is you're everywhere I can't keep up I know but it's good it's like we're getting a lot of views on our content it's lots so of stuff happening it's a lot of fun uh, so stay tuned for that as well so yeah keep, keep following keep engaging you better go because you need to go back to Pizza Express yes have, uh, have a good week <laughs> a Dad's Net original podcast <laughs>